Good morning. Good morning. And uh, thank you, Richie. And uh, isn't it inspiring to hear stories like Jay Henry, uh, 52 years in ministry in a hard, hard, illegal place, and still going and excited about that. And how about um, the people in our lives that are inspiring? Um, this past week, with uh, sadness, uh, we lost our oldest member, uh, Tip Whitus. Uh, passed away this week, and Tip would always sit in the back, and I uh, got a lot of memories of him. Um, he, uh, when the pandemic struck, one of my memories was, um, we're all frozen, not sure what to do. Tip's calling his neighbors up and going, I'm going to town, y'all need anything? You know, <laughs> so <he's, laughs> um, and when we started services, he was here every, every Sunday. Um, so pretty inspiring, but uh, uh, Tip is with the Lord, with his beautiful wife, Marie. Uh, some of you all knew her from years ago. Uh, who went to be with the Lord. And uh, so, uh, you know, there's joy uh, and tears and everything. And life is, life is incredible in a lot of ways. I want to apologize up front. I got an allergy. Who knows what it is? Uh, it happens. But uh, bear with me, and I'll do my best to get through it today. So today's a big day. Uh, this is May 2023, and we've been talking about this for several years uh, in a lot of ways uh, in context of our church and uh, just our funding of our church. And so 17 months ago, in December 2021, I stood here and told you that we were beginning an effort to pay off our mortgage. A mortgage was something we had been carrying for years. We had taken out a $2.1 million mortgage in uh, 2003 in order to get into this facility. And so for the last 20 years, it doesn't seem possible, but for the last 20 years, we have paid on that loan. In fact, we have paid over $120,000 a year to manage the debt, to pay the loan and the interest and everything. And I told you back in December 21 that we got a balloon payment due in May of 2023. And that if we continue on at the pace that we're going, that we were going to have to refinance it like you have to do all balloon payments and it was going to take us uh, several more years to pay it off. But I told you that we were not going to do that because we didn't, we didn't want to, number one. Uh, but we weren't going to do that because we were going to believe that God was going to pay it. So uh, in December 2021, we owed $775,000. That was 17 months ago. And, uh, and so in December of 21, I introduced what we called the Release Initiative. Some of you were here. Most of you were here probably. And you heard about that, and I ask you, I uh, tell you, this is how we plan to el eliminate our debt over the next uh, 18 months or so, and I ask you to get on, on board and involved. And I told you that released was a one fund, what they call a one fund, which means that we give like we always do, but we give over and above, hopefully, and meaning that we'd meet our budget first, so we would continue our ministry and everything going on, and then everything over and above that would, uh, would go toward the loan and the debt. And so uh, you remember we had a commitment time, and to be honest with you, it was a little bit underwhelming, a little bit. Uh, many of you got on board, but a lot didn't. And it was understandable because if you remember in December 2021, our country was going into a kind of a difficult time. The COVID era was still going on. Not only that, inflation was increasing, the economy was shaking, prices were trending upward, the overall economic view wasn't all that optimistic you think about it. So uh, it was kind of a rough time. And so uh, uh, we had uh, commitment time, and then our initial offering was good, but it wasn't overwhelming either. And so you know me, I try to be extremely optimistic, and I was optimistic 
that we pay off the debt. So it kind of went, though, from being optimistic to being more hopeful and a little bit concerned and a little bit saying, I don't know, let's see what happens. But you know what? God began to step in and bless our efforts. And you guys came through. I don't know how, because I don't deal with money every day, but I do oversee that. But in 15 months, with God's help, we have paid off over $625,000. I don't, I don't know how that happened other than God has stepped in. So right now, our debt stands at $150,000, which is amazing when you compare that to where we were 17, 18 months ago. Unbelievable. And so I'm optimistic again. I am now at the point where, you know what, I believe that in the next few weeks that we're going to totally eliminate that debt and we're gonna, not going to have to refinance any at all. So that's encouraging uh, for us. I'm excited about that. And I'll tell you why, even more than the debt, I'll tell you why in just a few minutes. So our, our theme for that debt elimination uh, initiative was called Released. And uh, it was called that for good reason, because not only are we going to be released from those monthly payments, if you've paid off a debt, you know how that feels to be debt-free, right? So we're going to be debt-free, but then we're going to have that money freed up to do so much more beyond what we've been able to do. We're going to have that freed up for some badly needed ministry opportunities. And we're going to be released from something, but more excitingly and more importantly, we're going to be released for something. Released from, but some released for something. That's, so that's pretty exciting for me. You know, I was looking back at the sermon topics because it's nice sometimes to look back. But what did I preach back when we started the initiative and how these topics had come true? For example, one of the titles of the message was Released from Doubt to Belief. And I would tell you, I am a stronger believer in the power of prayer and the power of God to move and do the impossible than I was 18 months ago. Another one was released from anxiety to peace. You know, when you go into something like this, you can be a little anxious because when you make a commitment that's above and beyond what you can do personally and you think you can do, you have to trust God. And many of us were kind of anxious about making a commitment, but God has been faithful and God given us peace of mind and met all of our needs. And then released from fear to courage, released from spectator to participant. So those were just some of the title topics, and I remember you know, writing those messages and going, okay, we're, we're going to be trusting God to get us through this thing. So here we are in May 2023, what we talked about, and it's obviously was coming and it has come. And we're going to take the next three weeks here to focus on what we're going to be doing to be released to and challenge ourselves to finish strong, to finish strong. It's one thing to run the race. It's another thing to finish strong, all right, and eliminate this mortgage payment altogether. So two weeks from today, uh, like we do every Sunday, we're going to just take a final offering. And that, I know, combined with our available resources that you as a church continue to give faithfully is going to put us over the top and pay off that debt. And we're going to be debt-free. I believe that with all my heart. So I'd like to encourage you to think and pray a little bit about how you can be involved in this. If you've been giving over and above or giving it all over the last several months, thank you very much. Tony said thank you. Every Sunday, we want to say thank you for your generosity because we couldn't do any of the things that we're able to do without your faithful giving, all right? For those of you who call this your church home. And if you haven't been able to do so, that's okay. That's fine. There is zero guilt in this. There is zero, zero pressure. 
but we'd love to have you join us as we finish this thing strong. And if you have never stepped out in faith and you've never given, I want to encourage you to try that because it's only when we exercise our faith and we get out there on a limb a little bit that we really know how faithful God is. So there's no pressure here whatsoever, but we want everybody to be able to celebrate with us. Now, let's talk about debt a little bit because to be honest with you, nobody likes being in debt. In fact, the Bible says in Proverbs 22 that the borrower is slave to the lender. So even though it's easy to sign your name somewhere, when you do that, you're actually signing yourself into servitude for a specific period of time, a certain part of your life. When you owe someone, you are somewhat a slave to them until you pay them off. You lose the freedom to use your time and your money the way you want to because it already belongs to your creditor. And that's why the Bible tells us that debt is not a good thing. And that's why we encourage people to be debt-free, to seek to become debt-free. We offer a course every year called um, Financial Peace University, which is geared to help people get out of debt, find financial freedom. Having some debt is not a sin. Let me just say that up front. Some debt. But I think it does limit what we can do in a lot of different ways. And so it's, we really encourage people not to use debt, not to, not to go over your head in debt, because it, it limits what we can do, including how much we can give to God and how we can help other people who are in need. But the reality is that sometimes we have to incur some limited debt in order to accomplish our goals. For example, if you have a job that you have to uh, commute to, you will need a vehicle to get you there. You need something reliable to get you there. You, may, you don't need to go buy a new car, and that's not the solution, but you may want to borrow enough money to get a cheap car, and then when you pay it off, you can get a little bit better. See, it's just using wisdom and those sort of things. A home usually requires that you're going to have to get a mortgage. Most people don't have that kind of money laying around, but the home's a pretty good investment as it increases in value, but don't go overboard and buy more house than you need and you can't afford. You just got to use wisdom. That's what the Bible teaches there. So 20-some years ago, we were in a, ch- a building down at the First Light, down at Paddock. A lot of you were down there as well. Uh, but we were outgrowing our facilities. We owned this land outright because of some wise purchases in the past. And we felt called to build this building. And it was a lot to think about. I wish we could have done it debt-free. Looking back, that would have been a wonderful thing to just go into this building debt-free. But it would have taken us a lot of years to do that. And more than likely, uh, it would have just taken forever, and we knew our future was here. But when I think back over the last 20 years, I can see so many things that God has done in and through this facility. I mean, I just think about it, because I get a view to see it every day, not just on Sunday, but every day of the week, so many things that God has done in this building, and God's done with this building. So I know it was the right decision. I don't want to beat ourselves up for 20 years ago, but it's been a lot of money to pay for it as well. In fact, a lot of money that could have and maybe should have been invested in sharing the gospel and doing God's work. And that's one of the major reasons that I'm, I'm excited that we're going to be released. We're going to be released from this burden. We're going to be released to renew the mission that God has given us as a church. And that's what I want to talk about today, to renew and see what God has called us to be as a church. You know, a few years ago, we clarified our mission as a church And that is that we are to move people on a simple journey toward Jesus. We clarified that, and I stand behind that 100%. Our leadership, we love, and we gather around that vision. And our goal is um, for everything that we do as a church to accomplish this mission. We want everything. There are things that we do 
but as a church and events and programming, but that's the goal, to move people a simple journey toward Jesus. And we want everything to accomplish that. We have a, a path to do that. We call it, the, like, we don't call it the B path, but it is kind of that, to begin, believe, belong, become. And we believe that that is a path every person follows if they come to know Jesus. They begin their search, they seek him, they cross the line of faith, they believe, they belong to the church family as well as to God, and then they become everything that God has meant them to be, a disciple who makes disciple. And we want every person in our church to follow that path. We want everything that we do, we want every use of every dollar uh, to, to try to push that forward so that we can help every person grow in their walk with the Lord. Now, while paying a mortgage is not the best use of money, it usually is necessary for a church to have a building and a ministry center. So I guess I'm trying to justify in my own mind to say that we had to do this because we've been able to work out of this place and let this be a center for people to come to know the Lord. Our building isn't perfect. There's a lot of flaws in it, but it's very flexible, and it's used for ministry every day of the week, a lot of different kind of ministry that we do here. We constantly see people moving on their journey toward Jesus from this place, and that's so the investment is, I believe, was worth it. But now we can focus more on ministry than we can on building, and that is exciting for me. It's a new phase for our church, our church family. I'm excited about that. Let me remind you of a couple other things that we talked about 17, 18 months ago that we're going to be able to do. Uh, we had five initiatives with the release plan. And the first one to be accomplished was debt elimination. So we can strike that one off, right? So we got one down. That's the boring one. Nobody likes to give money to pay off debt. The others get more exciting. Number one, make a deeper impact on the lives of our children and adults by providing better environments for worship, community, and service. We have things that our church needs here that would make ministry better and safer. And we wanna, we're going to step up and do those things. We'll start seeing those things happening, the tangible things that we'll be able to see that, that change and enhance our ministry for adults and children. Secondly, make a greater impact on Versailles by partnering with some of the most effective ministries in our area. We have money budgeted for what we call beyond the walls. So there are certain things we have to take care of here, our facility but we do a lot of budgeting beyond the walls in our community as well as around the world, but a lot of it stays right here in our community. We're going to be able to partner more with greater things happening around us, so we'll see those things as well. Thirdly, deepen our commitment by making disciples through increasing our support of local, national, and global mission work. Just like um, Richie was talking about a few moments ago, we're going to be able to do more things. We're going to be able to start more churches and assist more missions and ministries because we are going to have more resources to do that. And more importantly, perhaps, continue our current mission only with more strategy and more efficiency. So those are the things that we're going to be able to do going forward. And I'm so pleased, to be honest with you, that we've been able to continue our ministry while we're maintaining the debt, paying off the debt as well. In fact, we've been able to maintain all of our ministries, all of our programs, all of our staff, all of our events, and full support of all of our mission partners, even adding new partners. In fact, uh, just a year or so ago, we added Bethlehem Living Waters to our, our mission support. So we've been able to add new partners to, as missions to our church, even in the midst of this. And see, God's just been doing incredible things because we didn't have to freeze everything, freeze spending. We didn't have to do that in most areas so we could help eliminate this debt. 
It's exciting to think about. It really is. It's kind of neat. So I feel like that we have retained and kept our focus throughout all of this. But now I want to encourage us to renew our focus on our mission to move people on a simple journey toward Jesus. And released, being released is going to allow us to do that. You know, I think that sometimes we underestimate the power and the strength and the influence of the local church. We underestimate that. You know, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, that you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So Jesus said, first of all, he said, I am the light of the world. And then he said, you are the light of the world. You are to be a light in your own world, a light in your home, in your workplace, wherever it may be. You are to let Jesus see, let people see Jesus in you. But he also says that the church as a whole is a light set on a hill to shine light in the darkness around it. So here's the thing, the presence of the church in a community permeates the darkness of sin and always raises the level of morality, no matter where it is, no matter where it is. We can be grateful that back in the mid-60s, 1960s, back in the 60s, there was a desire in our community, in, in the churches in central Kentucky, mainly in Lexington, to say we want a Christian church in every town, every uh, county in central Kentucky. And so back in the 60s, that group of, of uh, people, the Bluegrass Christian Men's Fellowship, uh, sponsored a church here down and built this building down here. People like Joe Bob, Joe Bob and, and Wilma Grider uh, were part of that. Wilma's still a part of our church family. Those people sacrificed. They gave so that we can have today. It's really neat. So that we would have a church, uh, an independent Christian church in Woodford County. And I was reading that scripture. I was thinking about how this scripture relates to Journey Church. Uh, unfortunately, we're not on a hill. We're, we're on flatland, right? We're in the bluegrass. It's pretty flat here. But we are at a major crossroads in central Kentucky. Uh, you probably know that the bluegrass parkway, it's a great way to tell people where we are. The parkway ends right here. And when you come to the end of the parkway, you probably notice you got to go one way or the other. You can't keep going north. Probably should be able to, but you can't, right? You get off the parkway, you got to go east or west. There's one way that you're going to go. I'm not going to say which is heaven and which is hell. I'm not going to go there, all right? But I'm just saying that when you get off, we know, don't we? But when you get off, you got to go one way or the other, right? And so we, we're kind of, as a church, we're at a crossroads uh, in a lot of ways symbolically. And hopefully when people come here to the church, they see there's a crossroads, a choice to be made. But they can't keep going the way that they were. And we are a light on a hill or a, a church at a crossroads and I think that's a, a great analogy of the church, that we can help people see they have a choice and they can hopefully give their life to Jesus. We declare the truth of the gospel and people can't go on the way they've been going. And hopefully they will make a choice to follow Jesus. So I'm excited about where God's put us. Our location's kind of cool either, uh, even as well. And I believe also that the local church is the, really is the hope of the world. I'm not the first to say that, but I believe that with all my heart. Now, I'm going to just say, in, in addition to that, I know that with social media, you're going to hear better preaching out there, okay? I know that. I know you got your favorite preachers. That's all right. I'm not hurt. 
I know also with social media, you're going to hear better music. And Dan isn't hurt by that either. You're going to have those great bands and everything else. But let me tell you this, that unfortunately, many of them fall prey to their own success, either morally or doctrinally with no one to hold them accountable. And why do I believe the local church is important? Because the local church is where we are. And it's where real transformation takes place there. And we're truly seeing people transformed. And that's why I believe in the local church. I think it's the hope of the world. I believe that Journey Church makes a difference in our community. I'm grateful for the international church. I'm grateful for all the gifts and talents out there. But let me tell you, people are transformed in local churches who are meeting all over the place. Some are large and some are small. And I believe that we are a part of that. We're an integral part of transforming people's lives. I've been blessed and I will tell you, I tell people all the time, I am blessed so much to be a part of a local church with the culture that we have. Not perfect, I'm not saying that, but we are blessed. I am blessed because I've seen, I've seen other situations. I see them all the time. I have a daughter desperately searching for a church home, and they're having a hard time finding somewhere that teaches the truth, that ministers and serves people, and we hope to do that. We can toot our own horn every now and then, can't we? Is that all right? We can do that. This church is making a difference in our community, and I'm so honored to be a part of that. You know, and a lot of you can testify that that changed as well. Your life journey wasn't heading toward Jesus, and you didn't have a lot of hope in that, but somebody spoke into your life. Somebody, you know, somebody talked, talked to you, invited you to church, or, or you showed up here, and your, your life began to change. And you begin to find hope and community, and now your journey looks differently. You have swerved. You've made a choice, and you're living for Jesus now. And you are now the difference that can be made in other people's lives because you have the light of Jesus, and now you can share the light of Jesus. So collectively here, we are the light of the world, and we are the hope of the world. And the hope that we bring here isn't through our strength. It's not our abilities or talents or anything else. But the hope of the world is God's hope. It's Jesus. And we may feel like, you know what, we don't have a lot to offer here, but we have the greatest gift in the world, and that is Jesus Christ and what a whole world desperately needs. So how do we give that hope? How do we share that hope to the world? How do we share Jesus with the world? First of all, let me give you a couple things here. First of all, we share and carry the truth of Jesus Christ. We unashamedly preach the truth of Jesus Christ. In a world where lies and deception are openly spoken, we need to be the ones who boldly say the truth and with clarity and boldness. You know what? I've never lived in my, in, in my life at a time where someone can stand in front of people and lie flat out and everybody in the room knows it's a lie and it's still spoken and, and, and reported as truth. That just amazes me. But that's our culture that we live today. And the reason is that people want to hear lies. They want to hear lies that make them feel better about themselves. And they, they, they need to hear the truth. But here's the thing. We don't do people a favor by lying to them. We do not do people a favor by lying to them. And we betray the truth by doing so. So here at Journey Church, we're going to speak the truth. Even though it's unpopular, even though, you know, there are people that want to cancel us, we're just going to speak the truth. We're not going to vote on whether the Bible's true or not. We're not going to do that. And I, and I, I, hate, I can't even imagine a time that churches would do that, but... But we're in a culture and a time where, where churches are doing that. Do we believe the Bible or do we choose the culture? 
We're going to speak the truth. We're going to stand on the word of God, and we're going to speak it with love, not hatred. Uh, we're just going to speak the truth. And we're not going to soften sin. We're not going to allow culture to tell us what is right and what's wrong. You know, there's been an effort down through the years, and it's a subtle thing, but the effort is that to say the Bible is outdated. The Bible was written 2,000 years ago, and that it doesn't matter anymore. And, um, and that culture will speak into our lives equally or sometimes above the, the Bible. And that's a subtle thing, but it has, it's in our world. It always has been. So we're going to speak the Word of God. We're, we're going to show grace and love, but we're going to hold to the truth. And we're not going to give in to the struggle that much of the church world's having today. And that struggle is, do we hold the Bible up as ultimate truth, or do we rewrite truth in light of our culture? There's always a danger in doing that. Because our world is lost in deception and confusion, unsure of the difference to show, to bring it down to just bare level, the world doesn't know the difference between a man and a woman. The world doesn't know the difference between a human being and an animal. That's where we're at today. It seems difficult to wrap our heads around that, but that's where we are. But the Bible's pretty clear about that, that we're made in the image of God. And we have to kind of take our stand on that. Did you ever think that we would be in a world that was that confused? But here we are. So we have to revert back to the truth of God's word and not agree with people about their sin. That's not being loving. That's lying to people. That's being deceptive to people. So we're going to stand on the truth of God's word. And the local church can speak that out. We can speak that out. And it shouldn't be confusing. Proverbs chapter 14 says, there is a path before each person that seems right but it ends in death. Where someone says, well, this seems right to me, and that seems right to me. Truth tells us that the way might seem right to us, but it ends in death, and one day we have to answer for that. So moving people on a simple journey toward me, uh, Jesus means, first of all, that we speak truth with grace. Secondly, the church is uh, the hope of the world because we are called to be the extensions of God's love. In the midst of speaking truth, we still have to love. Matthew chapter 5, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So the greatest proof of God's faithfulness is the life and testimony of his people, you and I. Two weeks ago, uh, we, we talked about uh, telling your story. And we said that sharing your story was one of the most powerful ways to talk about who God is and what God can do. But it's not just what God has done in our lives, in our salvation. It's also about his presence in our life continues to be there. Salvation stories, dramatic ones are awesome. It's great to see what God's doing, but God continues to work in our lives and people need to see what God's doing in our lives, even beyond our salvation. Every believer has more than enough light to share to other people and more than enough light to share as well. We can show our life and our light to people. Because God's been proven to be real and faithful in all of our lives, giving us stories of miracles and breakthroughs and amazing things that God continues to do. So the world desperately needs to hear the story of God's faithfulness throughout our lives. And we know that God is real and active. We know that coincidences don't just happen, that, that our prayers you know, are answered just because God was going to do it anyway. We know that isn't true. We know that God does great things, and people need to hear that. God is real and active. But people with no spiritual sensitivity are going to easily miss that. So we are the visible and the representative presence of God to those who don't know him. 
Never underestimate the power of your life. Just living out your faith day by day. As people see you, they may not even ask you about it, but your life is powerful because you are representing God. And that's why the local church is the hope of the world. The last reason the, hope of the, the church is hope of the world is this, we intercede for the world. We intercede for the world. You know, the Bible tells us that Jesus is our mediator with the Father. The Bible also tells us that the Holy Spirit is interceding for us with prayers that we can't even utter, that we don't even know what to say. That the Spirit and Jesus are interceding for Christians with God. But let me ask you this. Who is interceding for the lost? Who is interceding for the lost? Does God care about the lost? Absolutely. The Bible says that God isn't willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. But the work of Jesus and the Holy Spirit is focused primarily on Christians. We are the ones who are supposed to be interceding for the lost. We are the hope of the world because it's our job and our responsibility to do that. At least we're supposed to be. Prayer is undoubtedly one of the most powerful things that we can possibly do as the, as the people of God. The Bible tells us that we are a royal priesthood. And it, and it also teaches the priesthood of all believers. So we don't talk about priests in, in, the, in the Christian church, but the Bible says we are priests. So what does a priest do? Well, a priest's job was to intercede and pray for the people of God. In the Bible, the priests would go into the temple and they would offer uh, incense and, and prayers and sacrifices for the people to come to God. And Jesus said, that's what you're supposed to do, not the sacrifice of animals or, or incense, but you offer your prayers up to God as a sweet savor going to God for people so they'll come to know God. So that means that we need to come to identify and pray specifically for people who need to give their lives to Jesus Christ. You know, about a month ago, we had, uh, in, in a, one or two weeks' time, we had almost 30 people give their life to Christ and be baptized. That is amazing. That's great. It was a great season throughout Easter there. We should be, I would love for that to be year-round, to be honest with you. But a big part of that was that we identified people and began to pray for them. And we still have some folks on uh, our staff's prayer list. We don't publicize it everywhere, but, but we pray for people to come to know Jesus. If you know someone that needs to make a decision for Jesus, give me their name. Even their first name, I don't care. We just, we want to pray for people because prayer is important. It's our job to intercede for them, for their salvation, but also for the things that are happening in our community and world. We need to be represented. Remember, we are a light to the world. We are the salt of the earth, that we're to make a difference and impact the world around us. Remember, we stand between God and the whole world. That's where we are. God, his people, and the world there. And that means that whenever Christians stand in prayer for cities, nations, and the world, God's going to show up. So we need to be praying for our community, praying for individuals in the community, praying for families, praying for organizations that are making a difference. Because God's made us priests of a sort for our community. I don't know if you ever thought about yourself in that way, but give that a thought a little bit. And the fact that we are the hope of central Kentucky here. And so what I'm excited about is at this time, a kind of a change in our church history from, you know, from debt maintenance to freedom to release. It's a pretty exciting thing. I'm pretty pumped about that. I'm released. I'm, I'm excited about what we're going to be released to be able to do more and more. And that means that we need to be a time that we recognize and renew our commitment to move people on a simple journey toward Jesus. 
And I'm telling you, that happens on the most ground roost level. It happens one-on-one with the people that you will see today and tomorrow, the people that you interact with who do not know the Lord, because that's our burden. That's our responsibility, because remember, the church is the hope of the world, and the world has no real hope except for the fact that the church exists here, and their future depends in many ways upon you and I. So let's embrace the moment. Let's embrace the challenge. Let's enjoy. Let's start celebrating already what God's going to do as we see him do amazing things. I'm excited about it. I wish I had more voice to show that, but I'm really excited about what God is going to do, and I'm I'm looking forward to that, and I can't think of a better time and place for us to be in. So guys, what I'm going to do right now, I'm going to lead us in a time of, of, of recommitment to our mission as a church and a time of decision. And if you are here and you've never given your life to Christ, let me tell you, we exist for you. We are here for you. If, if, if that wasn't our purpose, God would already take us to heaven. But we're left here for the rest of the world. So let's keep that in mind while we're here, and let's get about it. Let's do the business that God has left us here to do. So we're going to have a prayer commitment, a time of decision. Uh, I'm going to be up front. Tony will be here. I think Kumara's going to step up. And if you want somebody to pray with you, maybe... This isn't the biggest thing on your plate right now. Maybe there's some other issue in your life, a personal loss, a personal hurt, a struggle, and you want someone to pray with you. We're here. We're available, and we would love for you to step forward. Feel free to do that. Come up and share with one of us, and we'll pray for you. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this morning. Lord, thank you for the blessings that you give us. God, thank you that you have been faithful to us as you promised. And sometime in the midst of my own doubts and, and unbelief about how you're going to release us in order to be able to do greater things. And Lord, we know that with more freedom and more opportunity and resources comes greater responsibility. So Lord, help us embrace that. God, help us be excited about that and be willing to step up our own level of commitment. So Lord, I pray a prayer of commitment for us as a church that God, we would be released to recommit ourselves to the mission that you've given us, that we would move people on a simple journey toward Jesus. God, help us not to complicate it. Help us not to confuse it. Lord, help us to do it with truth, with love and grace and clarity. Father, help us to see that we are the hope of the world. More specifically, we are the hope of Central Kentucky, that, God, you have given us here. You've given us a mission field around us. And, Lord, give us a heart and a passion for that. Father, I pray that if there are those here this morning who do not know Jesus, that your love would compel them to come to you, Lord, and that we can be a part of their beginning, their journey of hope and eternity. Lord, I pray all these things in Christ's name. Amen. Let's stand together and worship him and celebrate.